Well, amen and glory to God. Happy Tuesday to you. It's uh, Pastor Rich Summerlin here again with your Tuesday morning podcast. Let me pray for you. We'll get right into it. Lord, I thank you now for the anointing of God that gives us strength, ability, insight, wisdom, help, health in Jesus' mighty name. I thank you that it protects and propels us, and I thank you for help today. May we be anointed to receive. May I be anointed to teach, preach, prophesy in Jesus' mighty name, and may we gain impartation, revelation, and insight from the Almighty. In Jesus' mighty name we pray, amen. Well, God bless you once again. Uh, Pastor Rich here, New Way Church, Richard Summerlin Ministries. I love you. Thank God for you. Uh, We're doing great things together, and I want to get right into today's uh, teaching. Uh, And I want to re well, I don't want to go back to last week, but I kind of got a little bit. We were talking about the anointing, the power of the anointing, uh, the importance of the anointing as we minister or do anything that God has given us an, an assignment to do. It's the anointing that gives us the God ability to accomplish the assignment that God uh, gives to us or, lay, or sets before us. Without the anointing, you're limited within your own ability. Uh, the anointing of God is heaven's ability that rests on you. It's heaven's ability that empowers you, that propels you in the direction of your assignment. Uh, so uh, without being anointed, you're not going to have God's success. It's only by the anointing that uh, God yields to you success. Come on now, I'm preaching pretty good already, amen? And we know, and I talked about this last week, we know that there's many uh, you know, fraud anointings in the land, uh, so-called anointings in the land, counterfeit anointings in the land. And it's sad that God's people, uh, here's the idea as far as God's people go. Uh, sheep were never, God never intended sheep to be weak. It's not the idea that you're bad, bad little sheep and you're weak and you're lost and you're, you know, helpless, hopeless. No, no. Uh, the, the idea was uh, sheep follow a shepherd and, and together are in unison or in unity, uh, a, a group of sheep or a herd of sheep are, are, are become fierce, but they always follow the voice of their shepherd. The problem is now in society that there are many false shepherds and sheep automatically know how to follow a shepherd. Now, if they choose the wrong one in deception, uh, come on now, uh, or, or if one uh, goes astray, they still hear the voice of their shepherd, whoever they choose to shepherd them, and they still follow the shepherd, whether he's God or anointed, ordained or not, if he can deceive them into, uh, you know, blind their eyes, blind their minds, uh, trick them into going a wrong way, they'll follow the shepherd. There's danger there, amen. Now, it shouldn't be that way because you have a spirit and the Holy Spirit speaks to your spirit and the Holy Spirit will lead and guide you into all truths. And if he lead and guides you into all truths, he'll also, come on now, uh, he'll also begin to show you or he'll begin to give you a little like inclination or, oh no, this is not the truth. Or you should have an understanding or, or an unction of some sort that this is wrong. I, I shouldn't follow this. I shouldn't be loyal uh, to wrong. I should only be loyal to right or God. But 
Uh, there's so many, you know, once again, false shepherds in the land, non-anointed, once anointed maybe, no anointing anymore. Uh, they take on a carnal anointing, uh, which is a, a man's charisma or a man's ability to talk, preach, teach, like with, a, you know, a, a natural gift, but that's not the anointing. Uh, you know, there there are men and women that have gifts uh, naturally, just by innate abilities naturally. Now, I'm not talking about an, the anointing of heaven, uh, the gift of gab, uh, the gift to talk. They, they, they're educated, so they have a confidence, and their confidence mixed with their education uh, makes them sharp, uh, makes their delivery uh, intense, uh, you know, it, 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 it brings encouragement, so on and so forth. But it's still limited if it's not ordained or anointed an anointing of the Lord. So we can't mix those two. Now we have people in pulpits that have talent, natural talent, natural ability, uh, natural confidence due to their education, due to what they've, you know, their accomplishments. That doesn't mean they're anointed. Uh, fancy sentences doesn't mean you're anointed. Uh, using ad, you know, preaching in adjective, adjectives does not mean you're. That's not the anointing. Uh, hollering or screaming or breathing or or theatrics does not mean you're anointed. The anointing of God uh, uh, rests on you, or or God places on you an anointing, and that anointing uh, causes you to be be able to act supernatural or under the supernatural ability of God. I tell you what, I'll give you a great example of a true God anointing, because there's there's even uh, you know, denominations that are cultural that have a that have a, a uh, you know a certain uh, created natural carnal uh, culture that within that denomination the people under that culture within that culture when there's hollering or, or theatrics or certain breaths, or, or crying, you know, even, you know, self-controlled crying, or whatever, uh, theatrics, it, within that culture, people just think, oh, it's, it was an anointed service. Well, whether it was not anointed service, it was the supernatural there, not emotionalism. We don't want, if you're moved emotionally, that's not the anointing of God. If you leave a, a service and you're an emotional wreck, that's not that wasn't the presence of God. Now, God, yes, God can touch uh, every part of you, including your emotions. But that's if God only touches your emotions, that's not God. God, God, not only touch your emotions, but He'll touch your physical body. Uh, he'll your your spirit. Uh, you know, He'll you'll leave there differently than the way you walked in, and not only differently, but there'll be a, a lasting effect on what took place, not just an hour, I cried, I sobbed, I laughed, I cried, I'm confused, uh, I don't know what really happened, I'm a wreck, it was anointed. No, 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 no. If God's there, there's a notable change. If God shows up, you'll be changed forever. My first encounter with God, while I'm talking about this and the anointing, you can go to 1 John 2.20, uh, and we'll talk about what the anointing does and so on and so forth. But my first encounter with God, true encounter with God, uh, first was salvation, and that was the Holy Spirit uh, that brings conviction, not judgment, uh, not, it, it doesn't, the conviction of the Holy Spirit, the convic convicting power of the Holy Spirit uh, does not offend you, does not bring an offense, 
It's not judgment. It wasn't stepping on your toes. It's very simple. The Holy Spirit enlightened you concerning the way you were living, the way you're going, the direction you were heading, and what you could have. That's all the Holy Spirit does. That The Holy Spirit, it, it, within conviction, uh, helps you with that part of you that God created within you to know the difference between right and wrong. So my first encounter with the Holy Spirit, that I, not first, but I'm sure there was many in adolescence, so on and so forth, but I mean notable, is when I walked the altar for salvation. Secondly, in uh, 10th, 11th grade, there was an altar call given to serve God. The Holy Spirit moved on me. I knew it was God. I said yes, even though I had a, a, a you know a rocky beginning where I didn't know exactly what to do because I didn't have the Holy Spirit. I didn't have the baptism of the Holy Spirit or the person of the Holy Spirit, but I had the conviction that the Holy Spirit convicts with. So I said yes, and, and that changed me. And that uh, every day, even though I lived a couple years a wrong lifestyle, I always within me knew that I had to do something for God. And I was always driven, even in my darkest hour, to keep going for God. And then uh, the, the, the biggest touch of my life was when I received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, uh, where I received the person of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says he comes, lives on the inside of you. He gives you a heavenly language. Uh, at, at that point in time, I was, uh, I was an anointed. I was anointed by heaven. I was given an assignment by heaven, and I'm anointed today, and the anointings of God do not come and go easily, like you're not anointed in a pulpit, and then it lifts. You're not anointed in a gas station parking lot, talk to somebody, then it lifts. It doesn't come and go. You're anointed or you're not anointed. And once you're anointed, the idea is to stay within the anointing. However you got anointed, continue to do that so you stay anointed. Why would you want to lose your anointing? Why would you want to grieve the Holy Spirit? Uh, why would you want to live uh, opposite or, or, or without God and live without this beautiful power that God's given you? Come on, to illuminate you, to help others, help you, help others, help all those around you, to shine his glory to this world. Preaching pretty good. I think you ought to say amen from wherever you're watching or listening, rather, today. First John 2.20. Then you know that I've had several other uh, uh, supernatural uh, meetings with God. The, the latest one was about two months ago where the Lord visited me in my bedroom. And it was a brief visit. But since then, there's been a notable change in my life. Uh, I can't get away from it. Like some people say, oh, God visited me. I had a, you know, a dream or a vision and it lasts for like 48 hours. And then they go back to who they were. No, 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 no. When, when the glory of God the, the Shekinah, the seen glory of God fills a room. Uh, when something uh, uh, heavenly takes place and you're in the midst of the glory of God, it changes you, not for a day, not for two days. It changes you forever. Well, this last meeting where God entered into my room, it has changed me forever. Uh, there, there, I, I don't know if I can explain it to you uh, uh, more than this. I've become more sensitive uh, to sin I've become more sensitive to the ungodly things. I've become more sensitive to the Spirit. I've, de I've become more desirable for the, the things of God. And I've, I've obtained a, a greater passion for the things of God. And the ungodly thing, I've gained a greater uh, uh, spirit or sensitivity to where I despise 
the ungodly thing. Now, that's been a couple months ago, and that hasn't changed me. And I can still remember that last encounter with God as if it were an hour or a minute ago. So once again, the anointing of God, the true anointing, uh, the glory of God, the you know, when God comes in the room in spirit form or power and ability, it'll change your life forever. Amen. So 1 John 2.20, we're talking about now the true anointing of God. We're talking about you're anointed, you're not anointed. We're talking about the false anointing or the, the you know, the fraud or the one. Well, here here's the, the scripture now. 1 John 2.20 uh, is very simple. It says, but you have an unction from the Holy One and you know all things. Now, I want to look at this word unction, because this word unction means anointing, but it means to be to smear, which is the Bible word charisma, not charismatic, how we use it in a worldly term, uh, which the way we use it, if someone has, has a, a personality, a certain personality, whether they're anointed or not, automatically we say they're charismatic. If someone's outgoing, uses their hands to talk, they seem alive and excited, we go, wow, they're very charismatic. Well, that's that's a wrong way to use that term. The word charisma, charismatic charisma, is the Greek word to be that means smeared upon. The word unction here means uh, an anointing or an ointment, uh, meaning a, a smearing upon. Now, the idea is when God anoints you, he smears or places something heavy on you that, that's not easily lifted or not easily removed or you can't get away from. <clears throat> now, we teach uh, differently. We act and live incorrectly concerning the anointing because a lot of us think we are anointed when we come in the church. We leave the church, we lose our anointing. And the way the Lord showed this to me years ago, and I'll get into this term, uh, uh, this unction in a second to help you, but the way the Lord showed this to me years ago in a little mini vision, if you will, or a premonition, or, or even a revelation, an idea that came from, you know, just simple revelation, was if I took a bucket of heavy grease, or for those of you who don't know, know what heavy grease is, uh, Vaseline, petroleum jelly Vaseline, and I took a bucket, and, and you stood in front of me, uh, you know, with your shirt off, you had pants on or shorts on, uh, for a man, obviously, and I begin, to, and women can be anointed too, but I'm not doing this with a woman. So if I begin to take and smear upon you uh, uh, Vaseline, like l- layered on you, there would be a thick coating of a substance. Come on now, I'm preaching pretty good. A thick coating of a substance uh, that would be very messy. Now, when I say messy, meaning wherever you want, wherever you go after that meeting or after that smearing, uh, you're going to encounter or you're going to contact or it's going to come in contact with everything and everyone around you. You leave my office, you bump into a wall, uh, that, that anointing has had an effect now because it's on my wall. You touch another person, that petroleum jelly, that grease now is on somebody else. You get in your car, it's, it's on the fabric. You get out of your car, you pump the gas. Those around you bump into you, look at you, see you. There's a there's a lasting effect of it uh, naturally. You know, come on now, I'm preaching pretty good. But in the spirit realm, it's the same way. But you got to add into the supernaturalness of God, uh, or or come on, or the glory of God, or the illumination of God that touches someone and leaves a mark on them forever. That's the anointing. Now that anointing I put on you, the smearing of Vaseline, the smearing of grease. It would take you a very long time trying to get that off of you. 
So you're not going to leave the smearing, leave my office, and now you're you're not smeared anymore. No, it's on you. And it's going to be on you today, tomorrow, and the next day, and so on and so forth. And even when you get it all off, there's still going to be an oily type you know, residue on your skin for days, maybe weeks, because there's a lasting effect of it. Come on now, I'm preaching pretty good. I'm not talking about an excitement. I'm not talking about being trained to rev you up in a service. I'm not talking about uh, in the carnal senses or in the, you know, the, the natural uh, senses, the, the touch, taste, smell, sight, uh, hear, so on and so forth. No, 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 I'm not talking about that because we can put together a, a, a tangible uh, meeting and we can have the best light show uh, or appeal to your eyes, uh, smoke, uh, lasers. Uh, we can have the, the best sound, you know, the, the frequencies, your ears. Um, we can decorate. Uh, we can put fabrics, touch. Come on, are you here? And, and we can reach you in the sense realm. Come on. We can reach you in an intellectual realm. We can cause things that are familiar to you from the world. Uh, we can try to act like we've converted converted them into the kingdom of God, and then we can get someone who's who you know who speaks great, who's quote unquote charismatic, and we can move you emotionally. But that's not the anointing, because if we move you emotionally, your emotions will go back to you know default uh, minutes, moments after you leave that meeting, and it just becomes another meeting. But if we touch you. By way of the anointing, if you're touched by the anointing, if you get under an, an, an anointing, a true anointing, there'll be a notable effect, a change on your life that's lasting. Come on, I'm preaching good. Let's go back to this word unction. The word unction years ago, when I was a, you know, a child or a kid, uh, would go hunting or we'd play, you know, catch in the yards or do army games, you know, like you know, little soldier, we'd play different games. But years ago, you could go to the uh, Army-Navy surplus and you could get face paint. Now, now hunters now, even when you hunted, you put face paint on. Uh, hunters now, they use face nets, masks, different things. But uh, originally or initially, even uh, back in, I, I know in Vietnam, I see old pictures, uh, so on and so forth. But uh, they would smear on face paint. They'd use brown, they'd use green, they'd use black, they'd mix colors. And the idea is here for this unction is, is to cover your shine. Come on now, I'm getting a little, it's getting a little deep here. So uh, the anointing of God or, or the, the idea you have an unction from the Holy One, when God anoints you, uh, he's covering you and he's putting on his glory over you so people can be touched by his glory, not you. Come on, it's a masking of you. It's a covering of your ability because your ability is limited without, without his ability. It's a layering. He's layering upon you the ability to have a, a heavenly impact uh, on society. So when, you, when you're smeared upon, it's like that face paint. We're covering you. We're making it hard for people to see you because people don't need you as much. Your car, you, come on. Uh, they don't need your mind, your ability, your knowledge, your knowing. No, no, no. They need the ability of the Almighty, and that's that that unction, that smearing upon, or that covering, or that covering your shine and putting His shine, so He'll be seen on you. That's the anointing. Uh, I, I, he doesn't anoint you to be a performer. He doesn't anoint you to to come to rock star 
status preacher. He doesn't anoint you to become famous. The anointing on your life is to help others. But obviously, when you're anointed, you're automatically going to be helped. You're automatically going to be blessed and so on and so forth because the power of God is resting or radiating in and on your life. But that anointing on your life is not only blessing you, but it is impacting the world around you. Oh, I hope I'm helping somebody say amen. But it's just like this. We're in this world and there's so many fakes and frauds because either they lost the anointing due to sin or they never had the anointing or, or that, you know, a lot of people, I know this, they start off, uh, a lot of people submitted, a lot of people committed, uh, a lot of people humbled, uh, you know, so, uh, godly was the word really. Uh, but then along the line, they get a taste of something and it cause, tickles the little fame uh, or famous part, uh, you know, that's on the inside of you. And, and they'd go running off because now they think there's somebody that won't be famous. They've gained a little gift or a little insight or a little piece of knowledge on how to do something. Come on, once again, not the anointing. Uh, let me help you a little further. Let me show you this. It's pretty cool. Uh, in my morning studies today, I was reading about shields of brass uh, for shields of gold out of 1 Kings 14. And it's, it's you can go through 1 Kings 3 to reference this. Uh, it also references 1 Kings 14, 1 Kings 7. Um, uh, it, it, there's a lot of reference concerning 2 Chronicles 12. So you can go back and study this, but I'm going to give you the, the, the regular idea of it. When Solomon was restoring the temple, uh, Solomon spared no expense. No, uh, He did uh, the best he could for God. And Solomon would create these uh, shields of gold. Now, uh, a shield of gold would be heavy. It'd be special. You'd be able to see it. You'd be able to recognize it, uh, so on and so forth. Now, there was a King Rehoboam uh, who had a, a, a wrong reaction uh, to the, 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 the shields of gold. And immediately, uh, he went into creating, I don't know if it was lack of money. Uh, I don't know if it was just out, out of haste. He didn't take time. But he began to create shields of brass. Come on now, uh, I'm going somewhere with this. Uh, the, the shields of gold now, because we look at even now, you know, we can even see, when I said shields of gold, shields of brass, the shield of gold would be the anointing given by God. It's pure, uh, it looks a certain way. Come on, you can't replace the look of, I mean, you can kind of get a good fake, but there's nothing like real gold. Come on, and that's the intent here. But if you look at this, the shields of gold were to be seen as like the evidence of God's presence. Come on, we're talking about the Old Testament here, but it still gives you an idea. The, the, it was the, the presence of God in the midst of his people. It would be like this. They were the token to the fact that he must ever be paramount in their activities. Like the God must be the, remain the center of his people. And that's what God wants to do. There was a uniqueness uh, there was just, uh, uh, you know, there was something there that was special. And we know that, that God dwells in the midst of his people then, and obviously more so today. Well, you know, sadly, we live in a day uh, in Christianity where a lot of people reject the deity of God or Christ, and, and they've substituted the gold for brass. Come on now. 
And because of this, Rehoboam led his people into apostasy or decline. That's First Kings. You can look at that 14 uh, because there's, there was just seeds of bitterness. There were, it was fraudulent. It became fake. It wasn't pure. Uh, I hope I'm helping somebody uh, say amen. Uh, but that's where we're at today. And, and I don't get this. I do and I don't. I guess there's a lot of people who, who, are, who don't walk with the Spirit. Because if you walk with the Holy Spirit, you have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. When a fraud comes up, the Holy Spirit leads and guides you into all truths. So he would lead you into, and guide you. And he would uh, quicken you that that's fake. But the body of Christ, not all, but a lot of the body of Christ ha- have become professional uh, professionals concerning their soul or their feelings or their emotions. I've taught you this through your Satan always strikes or always deals with you or attacks you in your feelings and emotions. Uh, we should not be feeling an emotionally led people. Now, we have God gave us feelings and emotions, but not to lead us. Their job is to do something else. As a believer, uh, we are to be led by the Holy Spirit, by the words of God, by the fivefold ministry gifts, true anointings, by the Holy Spirit, once again, by the word Jesus. Uh, we're supposed to be led that way, by the Scripture. Uh, that's how we're supposed to be led. We, we should never be led by emotions. Our emotions, I, get, I could say this, our, our emotions after the Holy Spirit uh, gives us dire- uh, instruction, you know, direction. After the word gives us instruction, direction. After the, pre- the, the, the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the preacher, or the pastor, the teacher, give us uh, 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 anointed scripture, anointed preaching, anointed teaching, anointed wisdom, knowledge, so on and so forth. Uh, now our emotions should kick in, our feelings should kick in uh, to begin to create an image of what we've obtained under the anointing or under the truth. But we should never let our emotions and our feelings dictate to us uh, outside or with, or, or, you know, minus the anointing, there's where you'll get in trouble. And that's why there's a lot of people walk around uh, in emotional wreck. That's why half, you know, I don't know if this is a true statistic, but that's why a major part of the universe are on emotional pills because they're being led and guided by their emotions and they're a complete confused wreck. I hope I'm helping you today. Uh, we need the true anointings of God. We need the gold shields. We don't. We can't settle for brass uh, any longer, and, and we can't. You know, we can't live with an old wine skin, and we surely uh, can't let an old wine skin, uh, you know, try to pour into us an imaginary wine. No, no, no. Uh, in Christ, we take on the Bible says a new wine skin. This is in Matthew chapter nine. We take on a new wine skin. We're able to hold a new wine, and that new wine is the anointing or the flow of heaven. Oh, come on now. And we ought to have people pouring that are full. And the Bible also tells that out of our belly shall flow rivers of living water. You should be a container, not just a holder, a reservoir, but a, a container that flows. So you should contain and flow, contain and flow. But you can't, you can't contain if you have someone over you that has no wine, fake wine, false wine, uh, you know, so on and so forth. No, you have to have the wine of heaven. 
You have to have the, the wine of God, the flow of heaven, the river of God, the flow of God, and you have to have an anointed uh, man or woman of God that, that's in right standings with God, and there should be evidence of God in and on their life. I was listening to my wife. She taught last Wednesday night at New Way Church. I don't know. That would have been November, I don't know, 17th, whatever the, the, that date was. Uh, but anyhow, uh, she said, she was talking about the parables of the wheat and the tares. And this goes along with what I'm saying here. Now, God created us to bear fruit, and fruit that would last. So you should be a fruit bearer, and anything that doesn't bear fruits, cut down, cast into the fire, according to the scripture. Now, the wheat and the tare, uh, according to the scripture, my wife's study and, and what she taught us the other day, uh, and you need to go listen to that. That had been in, like I say, somewhere in November 2021, somewhere around the 17th, 18th, whatever that date was uh, last week. Anyhow, she said, the wheat and the tare, they look exactly the same. They're both long stalks, and at the top, they both have um, uh, fruit or, or actually the grain on top of them. However, one is a grain that you can eat or that uh, can affect you. The other has the appearance of grain, but there's no nutrients in it at all. There's really nothing there at all. It's a fake. It's a fraud. And, and the way you tell is the wheat, it, it gets heavy with its fruit and it has to bend. Come on now. It gets so heavy, so full uh, of fruit or of grain, it, it, the stalk can't hold it. It begins to bend. And I guess that in that bending, it would show that it's ripe or ready. Now, uh, the, the, the tear, it looks the same way. Uh, and like she was explaining as well, is they, no one planted tares. Like the farmer didn't go out and plant wheat and tares because the tares do nothing but cause trouble. They just appear. And that's about how it is in life. And that's how to, about how it is with frauds, fraud preachers, fraud teachers, non-anointed preachers, non-anointed teachers, self-appointed teachers, so on and so forth. Scammers, cheaters, liars, whatever you want to call them. No one appointed them. They just show up. No one, no one has backed them. They show up and then they manipulate and then they deceive, try to get in with the group, try to fit in with the group. But at the end of the day, they don't bow. They stand straight up because they're proud, because they think they're famous. They're arrogant, just like a tear. But true wheat has to bow because it's, it's full of fruit. It's heavy. So this tear, uh, the wheat and the tear in the parable, uh, they're harvested at the same time, and they're separated at the same time. And the reason they harvest them at the same time is because if they tried to pull out the tares and leave the wheat alone, they'd bring harm to the roots of the wheat, and it wouldn't be able to produce. But if they let them grow, and when it's harvest time, then they pull them both, but then they separate them. They bundle the tares. The tares go into everlasting fire, and the wheat, come on now, is used uh, for God's use. So if you have a man or woman of God that has that, 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 that level of arrogance, that level of pride, don't mistake it for the anointing. There's a humility in, a, in the servant of God. That's not, that doesn't mean poverty. That doesn't mean beat down, broke down. No, there can be a, a, God's people are confident, but they're humble. They're not arrogant. They don't stand upright and say, look at me, obey me, let me manipulate, let me control you. No, no, no. They lead you and guide you, but you can look at them and see the fruit. Come on now. that You can see the grain uh, of what God has done or what God's doing or what they've accomplished 
by way of the anointing on their life, it's apparent. It's lasting. Preach them pretty good. Amen? So we need the anointing of God. The anointing is very important to the believer. The, the, the modern-day church, the season, the hour we're in, it's going to take true anointings to affect lost people or, or, or to break down the barriers of hurt uh, that have been caused by church and life and demons. It's going to take an anointing. Only the anointing can break. Come on. Only the anointing can break the yoke. Only the anointing, are you here, can break the yoke. Uh, an arrogance can't break the yoke. A control freak can't break the yoke. Uh, a wolf in sheep's clothing can't break the yoke. A self-appointed, uh, you know, non-God, has some godly element person can't break the yoke. It's only the anointing of God that can break the yoke, that, that yoke people to destruction. Only the true anointing. We need uh, houses of true anointing. Uh, we need the Shekinah glory or, or a glory in such a way that it fills the house that it's apparent, not only apparent, but then it causes a lasting effect. They get born again, filled with the Holy Ghost, follow God every day of their life because they were truly touched by something uh, outside of the human realm. Glory be to God forever. Oh, come on now. Did I help you? Somebody needs to say uh, amen. And we can even go through the entire uh, New Testament and everything Jesus did three years after he was anointed by God, uh, by the Holy Ghost, Acts 10, 38, said how God anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost who went about doing good, healing all those uh, who were affected by uh, Satan uh, or sick or diseased because God was with them. When you're anointed, God walks with you by the Holy Spirit. Come on now, say amen. But we can go through all the stories. The effects of the miraculous were the effects of the anointing. Was it because Jesus was there without the anointing? It's because Jesus came, gave his life in love, but then God placed on him a supernatural ability called the anointing. And after that supernatural ability came on him, he had a three-year ministry, and, the, and the, the miracles were the effect of the anointing. Miracles show up when there's an anointing. Come on, say amen to that. Well, God bless you. I've, I've given you another little bonus today, taking you a little longer than usual. But once again, I love you. Uh, speak life, health, strength over you. A strength over you. I bind up every ungodly force, every demonic force, any and every worldly trial trouble in Jesus' name. I bind it up. I take authority over it. And I call you a free person walking in the victory of God. And may there be a new anointing that would come on your life. I'd say to you, make room for a fresh anointing. If you're anointed, once again, you're anointed. Uh, learn how to uh, stir uh, that anointing. Uh, stir yourself up. If you're not anointed, get in a couple of anointed services and let God place his anointing on you. Once again, I love you. God bless you. Pastor Rich, Richard Summer Ministries. I'll talk to you uh, next week.